0: Daily with Jason Mertidis. And welcome to your Friday, August 21st, game day edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Here's what's coming up on this episode we're going to get to Elaine Vino's uh, press conference from yesterday. Uh, he's got a lot of decisions to make, more on that in a moment. Also, going to hear from Kevin Hayes and Joel Farabee when they addressed the media uh, yesterday as well. It was an off day for the Flyers players, but a lot to get into in this episode and where we start is with a suspension. The Flyers uh, have uh, lost Matt Niskanen for the next game. Here is the message from the NHL Department of Player Safety, quote, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Matt Niskanen has been suspended for one game for cross-checking Montreal Canadiens forward Brendan Gallagher during Game 5 of the team's first-round series in Toronto, On Wednesday, August 19th, the National Hockey League's Department of Player Safety announced today, of course, that was yesterday, the incident occurred at 1452 of the third period. Now, a lot of times uh, when you have a situation like this, there was nothing called on the ice. We saw the shots of Brendan Gallagher on the team's bench with uh, a tooth hanging and uh, presumably knocked out a lot of blood in his face. And it came out yesterday, uh, late afternoon, that the Montreal Canadiens forward, uh, broke his jaw, and is now out for this series. Um, sometimes the punishment of a play in a game is affected by the injury and the length of the injury. With that being said, I was surprised that Niskanen only got the one game. I thought he would likely get two, even though suspensions in the playoffs, generally, if it's a, a six-game suspension in the regular season, they'll give it two or three in the playoffs just because the games mean more. Uh, but Matt Niskin will be missed for the Flyers on that blue line and obviously the defensive partner of Ivan Provorov. The loss of Brendan Gallagher is huge, though, for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he's a guy, he's really, for lack of a better term, the, the straw that stirs the drink for Montreal. He got on the board with his first goal in Game 5 uh, for Montreal, but he's a guy that when he gets hot can score in bunches. He had not scored a goal until his I think his 38th shot of the playoffs. He was leading uh, the entire league since returning in shots on goal but he finally got that first goal and he's a guy that when he does get it going offensively he's a guy that can score in bunches so huge loss for the Canadians big loss for the Flyers as well and Alain Vigneault now has a lot of considerations of how he's going to construct his lineup he had already alluded to maybe there was going to be changes in his lineup uh, without the news of a Matt in suspension uh, you'll hear him talk about the suspension and call it a hockey play, and it was a hockey play, and those kind of plays happen in, in games. And when you, you know, the Montreal Canadiens put out a tweet and showed it in slow motion, and a couple of things I didn't like about that, it was almost like they were lobbying for a suspension via social media and showed a slow motion ver, uh, version of it. And anytime you show anything in slow motion, of course it looks like uh, there's intent there. But when things happen at game speed, you realize that, these things happen so quickly on the ice. There is no intent. There was no intent for Matt Niskanen. He's not that kind of player. It's like earlier in the playoffs when Mark Shifley got hurt and and Matthew Kachuk uh, went into him from behind. It looked in slow motion like Kachuk had time to think about it and execute that hit and injure Matt, and injure Mark Shifley, but that's not the case. In real time, these things happen very fast, and the intent was not there for either Kachuk or Uh, for Matt Niskanen in in that regard. I didn't like the fact that the Montreal Canadiens seemingly also paid to to push the tweet out even further and have it almost as an advertisement. And, you know, the Montreal Canadiens are a team that get a lot of things that go their way. They have a sense of entitlement. They always have. And that's just part and parcel with being a team that's won more Cups than anybody in a a market with a ton of history. There's no doubt about it. Um, Look, Montreal, uh, pull up a chair. Let me tell you a story real quick. Uh, Because back in 2010, when the Flyers went to the Stanley Cup final, they faced the Montreal Canadiens in the conference final. The Flyers had uh, the home ice advantage. They were the seven seed. Montreal was an eight seed. And at that time, the Flyers won games one and two in Philadelphia, and the series shifted to Montreal for games three and four. And game three in Montreal, uh, I was set up. I was with the team traveling at the time, doing my role as the pre-intermission and post-game host. And... The setup there was that I was in a hallway just outside their locker room. Now, the locker rooms in Montreal are across the ice from the bench. The backup goalie actually sits on the other side of the ice in Montreal, not on the bench because there's not enough room. And the hallway kind of tees and then goes back into the locker room in a coach's room, and I'm set up in that hallway. So where I was watching the game from was actually in that tunnel with the backup goaltender for that series. And in Game 3... If you go back and you watch that game, you'll see several Flyers players coming off the ice in the first period with skate issues. They kept coming off the ice where I was located on the other side to get their skate worked on by one of their equipment guys because they kept having skate issues, and we were trying to figure out what it is. And the players, it just kept happening and happening. And eventually, what we all came to realize is that there was sand on the floor. Now, it was like a slight carpeted floor, like a really tight carpet, like an outdoor carpet, and when you ran your hand across it, you could see little specks of sand jump up out of the carpet. Now, how did that sand get there? Look, teams in sports, they'll turn up the heat in an opposing team's locker room. But when that sand gets on the bottom of a skate blade, it makes it makes it feel like you have no edge. So the players kept coming over going, I have no edge, I have no edge, and getting the the stone out to to sharpen the skate or burr out any issues that were on it. And eventually what we had to do was unroll big sheets of thick paper on all the hallways and in all the locker rooms so that they weren't stepping on the floor that had sand in it. And believe me, Peter Laviolette, the Flyers players, the Flyers team was not happy that seemingly there was sand on the carpet of the room that they were using. Um, Those kind of things happen, but just the story doesn't have any effect on this, but it's just something that I thought people should know. And Montreal lobbied for a suspension. They got it. It's a one-game suspension. I was surprised it wasn't, too, the remainder of what could possibly be played in this series. So maybe the Flyers dodged a bullet there in that regard. But the decision now is, is does Elaine Vino go back to Shane Gostisbehere, who is a left-hand shot, and you lost a right-hand shot in Matt Niskanen, or do you go with uh, Mark Friedman, who's a right-shot defenseman, and pair him with Ivan Provorov so you don't have to break up Sanheim and Myers and then leave Justin Braun and Robert Haig together. So a lot of decisions here for Elaine Vigneault with the loss of Matt Niskanen and, again, the loss of Brendan Gallagher. It's a big one for Montreal. He is a really important player, an energy player for them, and this series has suddenly gotten very nasty. That wasn't the only incident in the game. Earlier, early in the second period, uh, Kakaniemi, the hit on Travis Sanheim, was a dirty hit. He was taken out of the game. Uh, The Flyers scored two goals on the penalty. Uh, that was the five-minute major penalty that he was uh, uh, that he incurred in that infraction. Uh, no further discipline for Kotkiniemi and I don't think there should have been. Um, at the end of the game, after Leckanen, or after, rather, Philip deno scored on the empty net, Sean Couturier laid out Leckanen, and it caused a scrum, and Jake Voracek had to jump on the back of Shea Weber. This series has suddenly gotten very nasty. Who does that benefit? We'll find out. We'll find out if that is a Flyers benefit or if that's a benefit to the Montreal Canadiens. But here's the big thing, and this is what I want Flyer fans to remember right now and to carry with them the rest of today. Just like the loss in game number two where they lost 5-0 and they responded with back-to-back shutouts, a 1-0 shutout and a 2-0 shutout. Again, the Flyers have not lost back-to-back games since January 4th and January 7th. They've had... Now, nine, I think, total opportunities coming off a loss, including before the restart and the return to play, and now since the return to play. And they've won the game after a loss every time. They've responded in this situation. That's what you take into tonight's game, knowing that they've responded in this situation many times. Now, it's an important game for the Flyers. You don't want to, for, you don't want to go into a game seven. Obviously, with a goaltender like Price, and I know you have Carter Hart, That being said, you still don't want to go into a game number seven. You want to take care of business tonight, seven o'clock puck drop, be ready to play, get off to a good start, score the first goal, and end this series now as quickly as possible. That would be tonight. All right, let's get to the head coach. He addressed the media yesterday. Elaine Vino talking yesterday about all the incidents in game one and what to look forward to in game number six coming up tonight. If uh, Niskanen is suspended, they, they announced there will be a hearing. If he is suspended, how much does that set you back? And will you be more apt to put a right-hander uh, on that pairing with Proby?
1: Well, f- f- first of all, let's let's see what happens uh, with the, this afternoon there. But, you know, in my estimation, though, uh, you know, Gallagher got up and seemed fine. He was talking to the referees, and the whole time that uh, – you know, he was uh, on the bench. He was talking to our players for the rest of the game. I don't think it's – uh Gallagher's a very competitive player, but I don't think it's Niski's fault that, you know, he's, he might not be as, as tall as some of the other guys, but he competes as, as big, if not bigger, than anybody else and just seemed to, uh, a hockey play that uh, unfortunately uh, cut him a little bit. What was your view – on, on just the, a number of hits that were, that were in that game that, you know, obviously the Cockney one on Sanheim, uh, maybe Sean on Lakin and at the end, just the, the tone of that game. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's no doubt that, uh, there's no, uh, no love in between both teams, both, both teams want to win very competitive. The hit on Travis, I mean, it was a, a blow upwards towards the head that cut him. Um, uh, the hit, uh, the coots at the end of the game. I mean, sometimes boys will be boys, uh, but Niski's uh, hit, uh, I mean, his angle doesn't change, and it's just, uh, just a hockey play.
0: Um, coming out of, of game five, in your estimation, do you think that, that major changes need to be made for you guys, either lineup-wise or stylistically, or do you see this as just a close hockey game?
1: It's a very competitive hockey game, real tight. Uh, You know, we found a way to uh, tie the game, get the lead, lose the lead again, tie the game. And uh, obviously, I think we just need to make uh, a few more plays with the puck. Uh, If we can do that, we'll be in great shape. But, you know, there's 20 guys on the other team right now who are making it hard for us to make plays. It's just uh, one of those hard-fought series, very – difference between teams and the NHL is so small these days. Uh, That's why it's such a great league and it's so competitive. Hey, uh, hey, AV, I've got a quick question for you. Um, One of the things that I think is hard for people to see or understand when watching the game from home is your usage of your depth forwards, like Nate Thompson, Pitlick, Raffle, etc. Can you talk about what it is about these players that makes you have confidence to put them on the ice after scoring a power play goal or late in a game rather than shortening your bench? Well, I mean, you know, Games are, are coming at a pretty rapid pace and back-to-back. I, I think to to be able to play a quick game, you need to play your your four lines and, and your 60s. And uh, the players you name, the, they're are good hockey players. They're NHL players that uh, all have a good skill set and all come to play and compete. So I've got total faith that uh, when I put those guys on the ice, they'll make the right plays with or without the puck.
0: One of the things that you seem today – You know, the mindset of the guys, your mindset, you seem very calm. Is it the same as it was after game two when you said it's just a loss, we move on? Is that the mindset that you've sensed among the players that it's the same today as it was after game two?
1: Well, I mean, every game is a new game and, you know, you got to get yourself to, to, to stay in the present and focus on that, focus on the task at hand, what needs to be done. And that's what, uh, you know, our players are, are, are doing. And, and that's what Montreal players are doing. Uh, like, I, like we expected, very competitive series. Uh, like we expect, expected last night, very competitive game. And uh,
0: uh, As physical as things got at the end of uh, the last game, how important will it be just to come out in game six and just play smart, um, you know, physical hockey, but also just set the tone with a, with a good start?
1: You know, in last night's game, uh, Montreal had a real strong start. We, we wanted to have a good one. Uh, you know, it was uh, obviously their execution and, and their pace right off the hop that made it very difficult for us. Tomorrow, there's no doubt that we're going to try and have a better start.
0: Do you talk to Carter Hart after the performance last night? You said after the game, you thought there were one or two he'd like to have back. Do you talk to him to, to make sure uh, his confidence was in the right place?
1: You know, it's early in the day. I haven't had the opportunity to, I saw most of our players at breakfast this morning, but I haven't had the opportunity to talk to anyone. So we'll be doing that here in the, in the next little bit.
0: In listening to Elaine Vigneault address the media and now heading into a game six, it is no wonder why his team has not lost back-to-back games since early January. And it's no wonder why he's had so, so much success in the playoffs as a head coach. You sense his calmness. I've always said this. If your leader, your coach, the man who makes the decisions, is calm, cool, under control, that reverberates through the room and nobody panics. If your leader seems a little panicked by a situation or a little out of character, then that bleeds into the team as well, and they will play out of character. That's the hallmark of Elaine Vigneault. He knows what a playoff series, the ebbs and flows of it mean, and how to handle them, and he's done it. And you sense his calmness there again, and you just get a sense of security and confidence because of the way he handles these kind of situations. I never like to put the cart before the horse, but if the Flyers uh, do win uh, the the series against Montreal in either six or seven, uh, it has been determined who their opponent will be. The New York Islanders eliminated the Washington Capitals, and that would be the Flyers' second round opponent in these Stanley Cup playoffs. Not going to go into a breakdown, not going to put the cart before the horse, none of that. But that's who they would face in the next round should they get the win. All right, let's get to some Twitter questions. We start with Alex Schmidt. Oh, my boy, Al. Uh, He says If Hart gives up another four goals in a Game 6 loss, would AV start Brian Elliott in Game 7? Well, I don't look at the number. I look at the way goals are scored or how they're scored and how he looked in doing it. So that would all depend. Um, But I think he would go to heart in Game 7 no matter what unless he looked absolutely horrid, which I I don't foresee happening. But good question now. Anthony tweets in at Spunky41182. Uh, He said, I know we're expecting a level of chippiness. He said, probably not a word. Uh, Will it be from the get-go? Will it be an old-school game? What's your take? Um, Yeah, I think that this game is going to be nasty from Jump Street. I think, look, it's a seven-game series. You've now played five games. Uh, There's been a lot of uh, physicality that was kind of just getting let go before. I don't think so anymore. I think this series is now pointed in a different direction where it's going to be very – it's going to be nasty. I think it's going to be nasty, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, That's what happens in these series. A level of hatred gets built up the more you play a team game in and game out. Michael Worster tweets in. He says, thoughts on goats slotting in, or do they go with uh, someone more defensive-minded? Is Friedman an option? Friedman's absolutely an option. Um, In the games that I saw him play this year, he's very calm. Um, He's a good skater. He's good defensively. He's not looking to jump in the play. Um, That may be what Elaine Vigneault opts to go with. Um, we shall see. It, it all depends on how he wants to pair up his D-men. If he wants to put Friedman in, he could put him in alongside Ivan Provorov. Or if he wants to put Phil Myers with Ivan Provorov, I could see that as well, and that would maybe lean more toward Shane Bear getting into the lineup. It's an interesting decision for Elaine Vino, no doubt about it. Jaden tweets in, he says, if you do put Ghost in, do you play him with Provi I wouldn't play him with Braun, and I wouldn't dare break up Sam, Sanheim and Myers. I, I probably would. I probably would play him with Ivan Provorov, um, just because of how good uh, Provi is defensively, and because of exactly what you just said. I, I've i seen him play with Braun, and I didn't like it for either player, Braun or Goss Despair. And I don't want to break up Sanheim and Myers. I just think they're so good together that I want to keep that as a strength without question. I don't want to weaken a couple of areas uh, if I have to weaken any. I'd rather just weaken one than two. Drew Moff tweets in, great question here. It's a bigger loss. Niskanen for the Flyers or Gallagher for the Habs? Or is it a wash? Gallagher getting hot was a worry for me. Drew, totally agree with you. Uh, The fact that Gallagher scored in that last game and when he gets hot, he can score goals in bunches, to me, that's the bigger loss. Niskanen's a big loss. He's your top-pairing defenseman, uh, the partner of Ivan Proveroff. They play well together. Niskanen wasn't playing his best, uh, but I think th- I think the loss, while well, not a huge difference, but I think the loss of Gallagher is a bigger loss for them than it is Niskanen for the Flyers. Uh, Anthony Venezia tweets in and says, biggest key to the Flyers closing out the series in six, to me is dictating, getting off to a good start, uh, and dictating the terms of play on the ice. Um Controlling the puck more, getting in on the four check, establishing that I think is a big element. Um, you'll know in the first five minutes of this game uh, if they came out and, and are a team that's going to control the game or have to react to the game. They're so much better when they're controlling the game um, from dictating the terms as opposed to reacting to them. Nick tweets in, he says, how crucial is the first goal tomorrow night? It's massive because the first goal scored, and every one of these teams' games since return to play has determined the winner of the game. So, yeah, it's a huge element of it. Um, at Langua Doctor on Twitter said, should they immediately try to respond to the head pat? Now, the head pat is what um, Nick Suzuki did after they scored a goal and he patted Carter Hart on the head. Um, I didn't like it. I hate it. I think it's bush league to do that. A lot of people may look at that and say, it's not that big of a deal. He just tapped them on the head. Yeah, the part of just... Tapping him on the head, that's not a big deal. Doing it after a goal is incredibly bush league. It's not a good thing to do. Um, And I I imagine that some people are going to be in Suzuki's face because of it, and rightfully so. Dean Tanner tweets in. He says, Think AV puts his best lines back together. This line jumbling just looks weird and kind of an overreaction to game two. Well, it worked in games three and games four, but I do think that Giroux will be playing back on that top line with Sean Couturier and Jake Voracek, or as somebody uh, pointed out yesterday on Twitter questions on on Flyers Daily, maybe Giroux, Couturier, and Travis Konechny to get Konechny going. Jake Voracek, he's been really good. He was really good in that last game. You can tell when he is really skating and moving away from the puck as well, uh, he's got his game, and Jake Voracek looks dialed in. He's going to have something to say in this game tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, at Rondo 2875 says, what's the Flyers cap space look like for next year? They have any money to sign free agents. Well, I'm not worried about that right now. Sorry, man. But um, no, they're tight against the cap. A lot of teams are. The cap is flat at $81.5 million. Uh, it's just not a question, I think, for right now when you're trying to close out the Montreal Canadiens tonight. That's an off offseason um, question that I would much rather tackle at that time, even though I kind of just tackled it now. Pat Milligan says, how do we get TK going? Move him off that line to spice it up. Seems like he's pressing. He's definitely pressing. Um, he's hit a couple of posts, um, and he, he's you know, not confident right now. I, I wouldn't mind Pat seeing him on that line with Giroux and Couturier. They've been together before, and they've been really good together before. Um, I think that's something that would be absolutely an option. All right, last question comes from Doc1973. Uh, the Flyers had the most to gain in the round robin, and they did get the top seed. But did they expend too much energy, emotion in the process? No, I don't think so. I think um, I, I don't think they expended an inordinate amount of energy. I mean, they had a bunch of days off in between, and emotion in the process. No, uh, I think you wanted to ratchet up that emotion because. Uh, that's how you needed to attack these games against teams that were playing for their playoff lives in the best of five like Montreal was against the Penguins. So uh, I think that's what was in order, and I think uh, the Flyers did the right thing in the way they did handle it. All right, Flyers Daily presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center, supporting our Flyers. Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible, so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at PennMedicine.org slash ortho, and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Game number six tonight. The Flyers with another opportunity to win their first playoff series since the calendar year 2012. Will we be recapping a Flyers win on Saturday's edition of Flyers Daily, or will we be fretting a game seven? Well, it's all in the cards tonight, and remember... Flyers haven't lost back-to-back games since early January. I'm expecting a win tonight, and I hope you are as well. In the meantime, everybody, enjoy your hockey, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily.